Welcome to another episode of Official Visit, the podcast about college baseball recruiting by players for players. I'm Jared Penniman, along with Joe Jimenez, and our guest today is Nick Garcia, who's one of our, really one of our great friends from our playing days back at Chapman. Nick's from San Carlos, California, and he attended Sarah High School in San Mateo, California. And Nick was recently the 79th overall pick by the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 2020 Major League Baseball Draft as he, as he throws a fastball that reaches 98 miles an hour. Nick was considered a first-round talent, and Jonathan Mayo of MLB.com says Nick has so much untapped potential, while Dan O'Dowd of MLB Network compared him to a John Smoltz-type talent. In his sophomore year at Chapman, Nick appeared in 30 games, posting a 9-0 record with 12 saves and a 0.64 ERA, which earned him first-team All-American honors, and he was a huge, huge part of our 2019 National Championship team. For Nick, choosing the school during the recruiting process was all about understanding what you wanted to get out of that experience. Nick knew that he wanted to play professional baseball, so he felt that Chapman was the right place where he could develop and eventually get to that next level. Nick remained committed to the process in his three years at Chapman, and he never got too caught up in his results. But that's enough of me talking about it. Let's get right to the interview. All right, Nick, what's up? How you doing? Congratulations on getting drafted by the Pirates. I'm sure you're going to start heading out there soon to start your pro career. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm look, looking forward to it very much. All right, Nick, we'll, we'll hop right into it. So you attended Sarah High School, a very competitive school in the WCAL Conference in California, and a lot of history of winning and famous alumni like Tom Brady, Barry Bonds. So when you decided to go to go to Sarah did you have professional baseball in mind or was it just like you know I'm, I want to I want to play college ball what was the end goal when you went to Sarah I mean going into it I was just I mean every kid kind of grows up with those dreams of going to the big leagues and playing but I mean a lot of steps along the way and I mean when I went going into Sarah I just went in with the uh, thought process of just you know having fun and competing with uh, those guys there because I know it was a very as you said competitive high school with a lot of great athletes so I mean it takes a lot just to get on the field there um, and then everything after that kind of takes care of itself. So that's as much as you tried to worry about there. Um, the baseball coach there very much um, pushed that in our minds just to work as hard as we could and control every aspect of that. And things tend to pan out. Uh, at Sarah, obviously, it's clearly a culture of, like you just said, work, work hard, be the best that you can be. Was, was the culture at Sarah more geared toward winning now high school baseball oriented or did they kind of try to get you guys going on the recruiting process or did you kind of have to do that yourself um it was much more focused on development there um coach Giannino was really focused on uh, developing the person and the player not as much as getting the next level because he believed that took care of itself I mean if you're a good person you work hard the results will come and from that um, the opportunities open and doors open. Uh, so there was a lot of putting the work in, understanding your development as a, a baseball player and more, more as a human being also um, growing up, becoming a, a good man. And that's what Sarah really pushed. And um, 
he made a really good, they did a really good job of pushing that. And a lot of people bought into that and it turns in those guys just turn into good people and good workers and wherever they want to go kind of takes care of itself. Was it, was it expected that, because Sarah's a very good program historically has been for, for vet Mary, uh, very many years. Was, was that just the culture of you'll get seen if we're good and we play hard or, or I, I mean, for a guy like you, did you have to go to separate events during the summer or in the, in the fall breaks and stuff like that? Or did you just really rely solely on coaches coming to see the, the upper tier guys that have gone through Sarah? Um, it definitely was, you had to take some, you had to reach out on your own in some ways. Uh, and I think that's just kind of where college baseball recruiting is moving towards. Um, even though I may not be the, the best in my opinion, but uh, so you did have to kind of reach out on your own. And uh, the baseball field there was, you took care of what it was for Sarah. And then outside of that, um, you kind of had to do a little bit on your own, but he tried to really focus away from that and just taking care of that stuff. And uh, hopefully everything ended up good in the end, but it definitely takes a certain type of person where you need to strive to do what you want to do at the next level um, and kind of take care of that on your own in some ways. So Nick, you, you say you had to do it on your own. Did you, did you start with showcases? Were you on a summer team? How was, how was your experience with that? It was a mixture of both. I'd say, um, and that's really hard to do for each person, how to tell some guys, um, it, you don't need to go to as many showcases. Uh, you just need to learn how to play baseball and take care of the development. And when you're ready to be seen, you should be seen. Um, I don't remember the exact year. It's probably sophomore, junior year is when I started to finally realize that college, I wanted to play college baseball at the next level. And um, that's when you try to start to present yourself and work and get yourself into a place where uh, people can see you and uh, hopefully programs start to open up doors for you. Uh, so it was kind of a mixture of going to showcases, but also uh, just playing and having fun with it and growing uh, on the field. And I think that's, that's really important to, to recognize because you looked at your program and it was a, a very developmental first program. And then you took that knowledge that you knew and then you decided that once I get to a, a level of development where I'm comfortable to get seen, then I need to go get seen. And I think that's huge that some people need to, to recognize the type of program that you're in and the type of environment that you're in and whether you're going to get seen in that environment or even if you're ready to be seen and then doing things that will get you seen. I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. Nick, so, so what events exactly did you attend? Like, do you remember specific showcases that you went to? Uh, I was involved with a lot of Trotsky stuff growing up in high school. Uh, mostly kind of just stuck with that. Cause I, uh, really liked the program that they were running and the people and, uh, that's kind of mostly what I did. Never really reached out past that. Um, I think they did a good job of develop, like allowing you to just play and develop and also giving you opportunities to be seen. Uh, and it just, that just depends per person on where you should be in your high school career. If you're not really developed, um, to be seen yet, um, you need to keep on working or if you have the talent and you want to, you think colleges are going to be able to think that you could play at their university. I mean, it just depends per person, but I felt like that program worked for me in high school. Um, it was a good mixture of both to put me in a good spot. So you, you were predominantly a, a Trotsky kid, a Trotsky showcase kid. Was it, was it just the 
the amount of schools that kind of drew you to those events that that were attended or was it just something in your area that it was just common for because I know uh, Trotsky is very very big in in California was it just kind of what everyone else was doing or did you not really want to go to the the big like Arizona tournaments and stuff like that uh it was kind of just what was near me and the opportunity presented itself that I thought it was good for me so um I don't want to overcomplicate it and do too much and I thought that was just what worked for me so Nick let's let's fast forward into senior year you're starting to make your decision I'm assuming you're talking to a couple of schools. What what schools were you talking to? What was kind of going into your decision about where you wanted to go? That was a, a little bit interesting for me because I was a late developer in high school, didn't play much. Um, I didn't really play at all my junior year. Um, fa- earlier than that, freshman year, didn't play too much. Sophomore year uh, on JV, I started to play a little more. Junior year, got stuck behind uh, a really good senior class of, I think, seven or eight Division One commits. Um, so it was just getting ready for that senior year in which I knew opportunities were going to present themselves, but, um, was really just looking for a place that I fit into. Uh, and I was never recruited by highly touted D ones. Um, a couple of smaller ones, smaller D ones, I had opportunities for them. Um, but then a lot of D three schools started to present themselves. So for me, it was starting to understand, uh, which university worked for me best, um, academically, um, and what the program was going to offer to me. I mean, that's, one of the big things was deciding what I wanted out of the uh, college baseball and the university and uh, education, um, and then just finding what was best for what I wanted. Nick, you, you talked a lot about how the Sarah program was all about development, and you didn't really start playing till your senior year. And, and you, you talked about that once you're done developing, you'll know when you want to get seen. Was that tough for you being behind uh, really behind the eight ball of a, a very, very good senior class to where you didn't really play much till your senior year. Was it, was it tough for you to kind of decide, okay, now it's time for me to get seen when you knew that you hadn't really played a whole lot of high school baseball? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely crosses your mind when you're not getting the playing time. And, uh, but I don't know for what reason my mindset, I mean, I was really bought into just the process. Um, and I knew that if you're a good person and you work hard at the end of the day, things tend to work out for you. So just sticking to that plan and understanding that where I wanted to be um, three, four years from that time was uh, much farther. And I wasn't going to let it stop me from not playing because I knew when I got the opportunity, I was going to capitalize. And so uh, just sticking to that mindset day in and day out and not really letting external factors pull me down. I mean, there are certainly times where you're like, gosh, like, it's hard sitting here watching other guys play when I've been putting in the work. I think I'm almost there. Um, but you just have to understand that and stick with it. And I think that's what a lot of guys struggle with. And it's definitely not easy, but it just takes a strong mindset um, and a commitment because there's a lot of guys that don't get the playing time or um, that they need to develop. But if you stick with it and you honestly believe in yourself, um, good things will come for you. Um, and for me, that's what I kind of stuck with throughout high school. And um, I'm really happy that I was surrounded by the people that I was that pushed me in that direction. And Nick, I think that's something you, you continued throughout your college career. I mean, we'll, we'll go into it soon, but it wasn't exactly an easy road for you in your college career. So, you know, overcoming that, still believing in yourself, a lot of respect for you, man, especially to where you are today. Um, 
so you you have your offer from Chapman. How exactly do you did you choose Chapman? Uh, what factors went into there? Yeah, like I kind of said earlier, uh, my thought process on like going through that whole recruiting process was understanding what I wanted. Um, and some guys going into college, um, they want to you want to win. Uh, you want to develop and put yourself in a position to play professional baseball or you want to enjoy your college uh, experience and baseball just might be a part of that. And so uh, what I wanted was a university that academically fit me. Um, Chapman fit that. It was a smaller school. Um, I loved the campus, but most importantly for me, the baseball program I knew was going to give me opportunities to play. Um, and I hadn't played much in high school on the field. I knew I was going to be an impact guy as soon as I stepped on campus. Um, and I knew it also gave me an opportunity if I did things the right way and put in the right uh, work that um, the next level was an opportunity. And so it was kind of an easy decision when comparing it with my other options that it gave me kind of everything I wanted. Um, and I know plenty of guys that um, either going to JUCO, going to Division One baseball out of high school, um, it, they just either you got to find what you want. And sometimes guys struggle with it when they see a name uh, on a school and they just want to go there because the name, but they don't understand what they want out of it, whether it's to have fun, uh, to enjoy their college career, to win, um, or to go on to the next level. And you really have to take that in when you're making that decision out of high school, which isn't easy because it changes uh, every day, every year. Um, but that's kind of what I wanted and I'm stuck with that mindset and that's kind of what I've always wanted. And so it was a great fit at Chapman with coach Laverty and what they do with guys. Um, and luckily I was put in the hands of probably one of the best call, uh, pitching coaches in the country. I think, I think what you just touched on is one of the most important things in the recruiting process, at least in my opinion. And that's, that's really figuring out who you are and what you want. And I think you hit it perfectly. Some guys want the the big the big campus experience and some guys just want to play and want to compete and want to win and I think the sooner that you can decide and figure out what that is for you is when you can really start gearing your recruiting process toward you and not toward what everybody else says they want or what everyone else thinks that you want so I think I think that was a really really important key that you just talked about right there yeah, I feel like looking back, I can say that now easily, but in the experience, I feel like I wish I knew that better. I mean, luckily, I kind of fell into what I wanted, um, but I think oh, I wish a lot of guy, high school guys took that in rather than just saying, oh, I don't want to play Division One baseball, Division One baseball. There's a lot of great opportunities outside of that, and I really think that um, the more that that idea is voiced out there, that find what you truly want and if you the next level is where you want to get, there's a lot of opportunities to get you there that aren't through Division One pass because there's a lot of times you go to great programs out there on these Power Five conferences and you might be talented enough to be on that team and on that roster, but if you're gonna the odds of you playing your first two years might be low. Um, rather than going to a lower level school where you can be that big fish in the small pond and really give yourself a chance to develop and challenge yourself and um, see how great you can be. And I think that's one of the biggest parts of development is you can't develop on the bench, right? I mean, all, all three of us have basically played since our freshman year. We had the opportunities all going to Chapman. And without those opportunities to play immediately, I don't know how much we all would have grown, especially for you, Nick. Um, but let's get into into your freshman year. You You get to Chapman. You feel like it's the right place for you. You know, fall ball starts. 
how, how was your experience your freshman year as, as a whole? As a whole, the freshman year was not the best, but it was just part of the path that I was on. Um, it wasn't abnormal for me to go through ups and downs, to go through struggles. Um, that high school program that I was in really prepared me mentally um, in a couple different ways of just being ready to, to battle and struggle and deal with that adversity. Um, but playing at the next level, wherever you are, it's going to be a challenge. And definitely throughout that fall, I experienced a lot of challenges. Um, but uh, it also came with, I was surrounded by a lot of great human beings that pushed me um, because they didn't, they saw me farther than one year ahead or two months ahead of development. They saw what I could be in two, three years. Um, and my, my mindset going in was that I want to see how great I could be as a player. Um, and I was surrounded by great people um, and going through a lot of those failures and trying to hit a curveball, which I still can't figure out how to do, but uh, just continuing the battle and prepare myself for when I found where I truly belonged on the field. Um, everything just kind of skyrocketed. And if for, for those of you that just missed that, Nick talked about hitting a curveball, not throwing a curveball. For those of you that know Nick, he was drafted as a pitcher and he, he came to Chapman as a two-way player, but predominant, well, not even predominantly, wholly his entire freshman season, he was listed as an infielder, third baseman, and he did not step foot on the mound his entire freshman year. And Nick, Nick talked to us about, did you, did you want to pitch? What was, what was the struggle of being thrust into a, actually a pretty good team and starting at third base right away and the pressures that came with that and, and also the frustrations with not succeeding one, but two, not even, not even being able to get on the mound. Yeah. I mean, coming in, I thought just, I wanted to be able to at least work both sides of things, but, um, Honestly, best move that Coach Lafferty probably made was shutting me down that freshman year and just allowing me to focus on one thing. Um, and dealing with that failure there definitely hurt. I mean, there's definitely times where you look uh, elsewhere and the grass seems greener and the development um, could be better. And then it's like, hey, like, oh, if I'm in this program or somewhere else, I could be starting. I could be doing something else. I could. This might be better for my future. Um but that just comes with sticking to that mindset that I've held since I was in high school, since I was a little kid um, and just pushing through it. I mean, it definitely took other people to convince me and stick with it. I'm not going to say that it was all on my own, but um, I was dying to get on the mound for a long time there, um, but just wanted to respect the decisions that were made and uh, playing, trying to play third base and help our team there was a struggle at times, but just really was waiting for the opportunity for me to develop and be given those opportunities on the mound that whole entire year. Nick, you mentioned, you know, thinking the grass might be greener somewhere else. Like, did you think about transferring? Yeah, it definitely crossed my mind after that uh, freshman fall. I mean, it was just an awakening of the work and I felt like things weren't necessarily going the best for me um, on the baseball field. And, when you get to that point, you always think of, well, is there other opportunities might, might be better for me? And uh, it definitely crossed my mind. It was becoming a decision kind of at times if really wanted to start to make that a change. Um, but I had guys convince me that when this program, that if I wanted to get where I wanted to go, which was playing at the next level, this was the place for me. Um, like I said earlier, that we were the best pitching coach in the country that could develop position players. Um, 
in this program here at Chapman, you're a very player driven program and you're allowed to be given the opportunity to push yourself uh, on your own and really challenge yourself and be independent. And so that was something that fit what I needed to do. Um, and I'm happy that I stayed, obviously. Uh, but it was definitely crossed my mind a lot. Um, but the grass is always going to be greener. Uh, it's always going to seem like everything outside of what you're in when you're down on the dumps is better. But it truly is what you make of it uh, that determines how far you can go in life. Well, talk to, talk to us about it then. After your freshman season, you, you go off and you play summer ball. And there you predominantly pitched. And that was really the first time since high school that you were predominantly pitching against college baseball players and kind of seeing where you stacked up. What, what went into that decision of solely focusing on pitching after that freshman season and kind of where you saw yourself against the competition that you were playing against and kind of your thought process then moving forward from that? Yeah. So that was like the first time I picked up a baseball off the mound, really, I mean, since high school, but even high school, I think I threw 12 or 14 innings total. Um, and I guess it was just a mindset of how, like I was just committed to it. And I started to get the six having success and it just kept on coming and coming and coming. And the more I succeeded, the more I wanted to challenge myself, the better I wanted to get every day. And it was just step by step this accumulation of confidence and seeing how dominant I could be. Um, and then everything kind of just like clicked and that that mindset was like pitching's something that I was meant to do, the mindset that I can control stuff, the dominance in which I can enforce on the mound, um, the work ethic I had, just a lot of physical tools that also applied to me, but it was just a lot of a mindset thing and started to finally realize that. Um, and I was put in a very independent place where I was not really, baseball was what I did for two straight months and I was able to start to focus on one thing that I love to do. Um, and it just started to really, that was a basis of the growth from there in New York. So, Nick, you get back to Chapman. You predominantly pitched in the summer. What, what was the conversation like with your coach? I mean, did he want you to two-way still? Did he, did he want you just on the mound? What was that conversation like? Yeah, so I came back as a, still as a two-way. They'd come back as a two-way guy. They'd known I'm thrown a little bit in the summer. Um, so I stuck with that for a couple of weeks. Um, but the amount of work that I was putting in really started to hinder what I was doing, able to accomplish on the mound. And um, I think it was after one inner squad I threw in. Uh, and it was just kind of like La Coach Laverty saw the human being I was on the mound. Um, and it kind of was like it clicked in that moment where I think I felt it he felt it and we like I think we met the next day after and it wasn't even like Nick I think you should pitch it was we kind of looked at each other both knew it was what we were meeting about and it was kind of like let's just roll, roll with it I mean the uh, what you can do up there I think it's we thought it was going to help us win a lot of games that year uh, we thought it fit who I was and uh, really helped me develop into a great baseball player and so from there on out um, like probably a little bit into the way that sophomore fall I just completely bought into the process of it and was just all in. And did, was it easier to buy in knowing that you were succeeding on the mound and you were, you were seeing your velocity kind of tick up and tick up the more, the more work you put in was, 
was that really the driving factor of if I keep going harder, I will keep throwing harder and I will keep dominating? Yeah. I mean, that's certainly, I mean, everybody knows that feeling when you have success. I mean, not everybody knows the feeling, but when I have success, I want to do more. Um, I feel like I can always accomplish more and more, but that feeling success is something really unlike anything else. And for the first time in my life on the baseball field, I was succeeding at high levels. Um, and that really just unlocked something in me that I just wanted to push more and more and more. And every day I wanted to accomplish something new um, because what I had done had built up to my, what I had accomplished. And it's like, well, if I keep doing that more and more, how much farther can I go? And it just felt like the skies were the limits. It still feels like the skies are the limits for me. Um, but that feeling of success really just pushed me and allowed my mindset to just open up and just be like, wow, like, what do I have here? Like, what can I accomplish? And seeing things start to take up for me, was just like, started to be like, like good, like good, almost like good job. But let's see what more we got in the tank. And Nick, I, I just think, again, that just goes into your mindset, your commitment to the process. It's, 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 it's amazing. Um, let's go into the regular season, you know, first time being in a real game. I think I remember you came again in against Pete, so, right? Talk, talk, talk about No, that. it was, it was, it was versus University of Pacific. Pacific or, that's right. That's right. It Pacific. was Pacific University. Bases loaded, one out. Um, and I remember Lav told me to go warm up, and I think I threw seven balls in the bullpen, five of which were over the catcher's head, um, <laughs> and came in. I think I threw. <laughs> Jared's laughing because he probably saw that from shortstop <laughs> and said, oh. <laughs> "And I came in and threw all fastballs and." I struck out the next two guys. And from there, that was just like another one of those confidence. Like, well, that, that, that was cool. Like, let's do that again. And the next day I threw against Piedmont, I threw three innings um, of relief. And that was kind of, I just kept on rolling through it. And it was like that whole weekend kind of set the tone for the season. I think not only for me, but for that team that year, it was just like, uh, we got something special. We can just keep challenging ourselves week in, when and out, week in and week out. And that's kind of what, I did after that. I was like, okay, this is cool, but let's see what I got next week. Let's see what I can do better. Let's see how much harder I could throw. Let's see how more dominant I could be. Um, and I started to click week by week. The miles an hour would go higher. Um, and then you go week by week, and that turns into a month in the season, goes by, and then it started to be – teams started to notice that if you get to the seventh, eighth inning and you're not winning, the game was over. And so once I started to get that mindset that teams didn't want to face me, it was even – more impactful on me to go out there and want to dominate more. And Nick, you talked about, I mean, we, we were all part of a very, very special team, but you had a very, very special season. You, you led the entire nation in ERA. You nearly set the school record for season ERA. Uh, you lost that in the uh, world series um, yep, championship yep. Mm-hmm. series game one. Um, Thanks Aaron. But that's a, that's a huge feat. You, you had a very, very sub one ERA, just absolute dominance, unanimous first team all American. And it was, it was, it was truly a, a season of dominance that I got to watch from, from shortstop. And and Nick said it perfectly. He came in and whether it was the seventh or the eighth, because he had many, many multiple inning saves, the, the game was over. We we shortened the game. We were playing we were playing high school games pretty much because it it didn't matter. And like Joe said, that just 
kudos to you. Just so much respect for the, the work that you put in to, to get yourself to that point really in less than a year's time. Yeah. I mean, it took a lot to get there, but there's a lot of situations that before that really determined how I was going to react in those. And I feel like just who I was and being put in that fight or flight situation of um, when I I was kind of just thrown into that, that role and just kind of loved it. I loved that feeling of sink or swim and coming in and shutting the door on guys. And uh, that kind of has transitioned for me. And I feel like that was a really good base of being put into that because that taught me how to go out there and just dominate with pure electric stuff. Nick, when did you feel professional baseball was was really in the cards? I mean, I remember we were at Pomona Pitzer, and I remember catching this pitch because it really hurt. But we come <laughs> back to the dugout, and <laughs> we come back to the dugout, and apparently you just hit ninety eight on a scout's gun, and you hit hundred on our gun, and then we go to Calu, and you're doing it again. You're ninety six, and then you hit ninety eight. I mean. When did you, when were you like, okay, like I'm almost there, right? You're so, you're so bought into the process, but when, when did you know this was going to become a reality? Um, I still don't think it's a reality. I'm the process is what I love more than anything else. And professional baseball is just another step in the process for me. Uh, obviously understanding professional baseball was an opportunity as soon as I took the mound that summer after my freshman year, to be perfectly honest, I thought, this is this is where it's going to be for me. Um, it sounds crazy, but I came back that fall, um, and I set the goal. I wrote it on my whiteboard. You probably remember it, Joe, that I wanted to be a top five-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't even thrown an inning in college baseball. I haven't touched the ball in a competitive really game in over two years. Um, I'd never thrown a meaningful inning in my life, but my goal was to be a top five-round draft pick. Um, and that was another step for me because my goal was to – be a big leaguer and to dominate for years and really leave the mark on baseball bigger than my stats. I want to leave something with my name as who I am as a human being. Um, and so to get there, the goal was to be a top five round draft pick to matter as a baseball player. Um, and so I just stuck with that every day. That mindset was the harder I'm going to push myself, the better the odds. Um, every time I stepped in the weight room, went through my warm ups, stepped on the mound, I was, I'm going to dominate this with the highest intent that I possibly can be. Um, and I'm going to win this moment. And that's kind of all I, I really set out from that moment after that uh, freshman fall. I was like, let's, let's go do this. Let's go see what I can do. And at the end of the day, when baseball is over, I'm going to look back and have no regrets on what I did. Nick, talking, talking about that whiteboard experience just gave me, just gave you some goosebumps, man. I, I honestly totally forgot about that. You know, I really thought that was, that was more your junior year, but yeah, I forgot it was your sophomore year, but, um, you know, after your Chapman season, after we win the national championship, you have a contract to go out into the Cape. And, you know, how was that experience? I remember you called me the first day after your first outing and you didn't struggle, but I mean, you didn't have a great outing, you gave up a couple runs and a couple innings. But, you know, is it is it just back to that mindset of, you know, continuous growth, no matter who I'm playing? What, what was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, that's what the mindset I kind of went out there with, because I know I'm not going to go out here and go 9-0 with 12 saves and a .56 ERA and strike out almost two an inning. I was going to fail, and I was going to get hit around, and I was going to lose games, and it was going to happen. Um, and that first game, I threw one inning. I think I gave up two hits. I walked the guy, and I gave up a stolen base, and I gave up 
the walk-off single on a broken bat single. Um, and that was the worst feeling I'd ever had in my life. I'd walked up the field. I didn't know what to say. I was absolutely pissed. Um, but it was just like, it took, I grabbed my stuff, got on the bus, sat there and said, that was the best thing that could ever happen to me. Um, I had just run through a season without failing one time. Um, every time I stepped on the mound at Chapman that first year, I'd won a game or I'd close, I'd saved the game. Um, so for the first time I was experiencing failure and I took a deep breath and I said, this is perfect. Cause now I'm going to go out every single time after this and I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity. Uh, I'm going to fail more and more, but I'm going to learn from it and understand what I did from that outing before. Um, and that's what I did. I pitched more appearances than any other guy in the Cape that summer. And I didn't care how I felt anytime I went out there. I wanted the ball because I knew if I could learn how to pitch um, with my bad stuff or with my, not my A stuff, um, moving to the next level, that's only going to make me better. And it's going to challenge me as a person. And it's going to really see how, um, how great it was another step in to see how great I could be. And for, for those of you listening that don't know what the Cape is, it's the, the Cape Cod summer baseball league. It's pretty much the Mecca of college baseball summer leagues. And if, if you're a high draft guy, you're going into the Cape and it's, very, very un, uh, unheard of for Division three guys to go to the Cape, nonetheless, to get signed for an entire contract for the full summer. Some guys will be on, on part-time contracts. And, and Nick was signed for the whole summer. And the, sometimes the knock on pitchers or, or position players coming out of the Division three level to be draft guys is that they haven't faced the same competition as some of the the higher D1 guys or some of the higher junior college guys. And it was a huge step for, for Nick and his, his draft process to be able to go to the Cape. So Nick, tell me, was the, was that experience in the Cape just amazing for you to just kind of see the best competition that college baseball has to offer and kind of how your stuff compared to competing at that level? Yeah, I mean, you definitely your eyes open to see how great baseball players are. I mean, you're facing the hitters that really you're going to be watching on TV in five years from now, and they're going to be all stars. They're going to be league MVPs. They're going to be people that kids are wearing their jerseys on the streets. I mean, um, and that's a great opportunity to be able to close, uh, play with those guys that not at like you said not a lot of guys are given, and that's extremely cool to be go out there and see how you stack up against them. Uh, going out there, I mean, my mindset was I'd started to be I had to be confident in myself that my stuff was going to stick with the other guys. Um, and it didn't click right day one. I didn't go out there and I wasn't going to think, wow, I'm just as good as this this other guy who's been playing against this same competition for a couple of years now. It's no, I, I, I truly doubted myself, but I had to stick with that same mindset every single day I woke up that I'm going to I do have the stuff and it took time. Um, and you started to have a little bit of success. You're like, okay, like, I can compete with these guys. I can. Um, and it took about one, probably that first half, that maybe that first month out there of dealing with failure, learning lots of stuff from everybody out there, taking in what they can do and trying to just add it into what I can do. Um, and that second month hit and everything kind of clicked for me. Um, it was just that confidence again, that got back on the mound. No longer was I facing the best hitter and or first team all SEC. Um, or this guy was just in Omaha two weeks before and I'm facing him now. It was I'm going and I'm playing against another baseball player. Um, 
and anything can happen. I can go out there and I can dominate just like I did any other day at Chapman. Um, and as soon as I had that mindset, things started to open up for me and I just became another, a new person. Um, it was just another step and develop for me that it took a month. And that sometimes it happens that way. It took a month to learn that. Um, but it was a huge step because now I'm moving into professional baseball and I'm back with those guys again. I'm back going to be back with those competition and guys that are better than them. Uh, and to have that feeling that I've already kind of gone through that, it's going to click faster for me. And I think that's going to be helpful in jumping from rookie ball, the single A, the double A, triple A, and then to majors. Every time you're going to experience that failure against going to the next level of competition. And the more you can understand how to adapt quicker and go through those feelings, the easier it's going to be to start to have confidence and develop success quicker. Nick, you're picked third round, 79th overall by the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, I was at your house celebrating with you, but I mean, I was nervous. Um, and I think I, I, I saw you were too. Um, you just don't know what's going to happen <laughs> on draft day. <laughs> but, you know, how did it feel hearing your name called on TV? You know, the dream is a reality. You got pretty emotional, but like, take us through that feeling. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, to hear your name called is really something, something special. Um, and that, that just the build up to that moment, everything kind of flashes to everything you've gone through. Um, all the failure you've had to push through, all the successes that you got to experience. Um, it really goes all down to that moment. So just being able to celebrate that, just it was o emotionally overwhelming in all aspects. And um, just to have the people that I was surrounded by in my path, I mean, without my family, my parents, um, my teammates throughout the years, I was somehow put with the perfect mixture of everything just to make me get to where I am. And just being open-minded and allowing myself to push myself really got me to that moment. Nick Garcia, 79th overall pick by the Pittsburgh Pirates, man. It's, it was a pleasure being able to, one, have you on this show, but two, to watch you grow into and, and develop into the, the pitcher and the prospect and the, the human being that, that you are today. And this, is, this has been awesome hearing your story. And thank you. Thank you so much for, for coming on here and doing this with us. We, we really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Awesome. Uh, thank you guys for the opportunity for having me on. In this interview, we see the importance of the development of mindset throughout a baseball career. Nick was constantly committed to the process, no matter what happened to him. In high school, he didn't play until his senior year. In college, he moved from an infielder to a pitcher. In the Cape, after a pretty rough first outing, he played very well for the rest of the summer against some of the top competition in the United States. His belief in himself never wavered. To personally see it over the last three years is nothing short of amazing. While it's difficult to develop, it can be done. He serves as an inspiration for late bloomers out there. You put your mind to something, relentlessly work towards it, and you'll eventually get there. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Again, this podcast is made for you. So if you have questions you want answered from current and former college baseball players, let us know. Connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and check out our website, and we'll see you guys next week.